Welcome to The Tech That Connects Us, a podcast dedicated to the stories of leaders in the technology industries that bring us closer together, specifically content and media, satellite and news space, connectivity and cybersecurity. Your hosts are me, John Clifton, Laurie Scott and Will Trenchard, the founders of Nuco, a specialist global recruitment and executive search firm focused on these exact industries. We love being a part of them and we're excited to share these stories with you. Welcome to the Tech That Connects Us. Your hosts today are me, John Clifton, alongside Tegan Lloyd-Williams, one of our key content and media consultants, and we're delighted to be joined today by Nancy Goldberg. Nancy has held a string of high-profile senior positions influencing strategy and sales for some really exciting organizations, including Technicolor, Deluxe, Real Networks, and AWS, before joining the Kodelsky Group and Nagrovision in 2019 as their EVP, Chief Marketing and Sales Officer. Welcome to the show, Nancy. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. So to get the story started, we'd love to just go right back to the beginning and and ask how and why did you get into the world of of broadcast content and media? Wow. Uh, For me, that's a very... Uh, it's a different path. I have a very different path than most people that end up in a role like I have. Um, I am not uh, formally educated. I left high school. I became a professional rock climber and snowboarder. I had nothing, uh, nothing in my life was telling me I was going to go into a corporate type of a job. And I did that for the better part of 10 years. And uh, when I was in my late 20s, I had a very, very bad accident. As I was recovering over a period of a couple of years, I ended up meeting my musician husband. And I really just realized that I was going to have to find a real job if I was going to have this marriage to a musician. And I had just come out of this massive uh, injury without having any real formal education behind me. So one thing after another led me to a conversation with the president of Technicolor, who basically told me, I can teach you anything, but you're fearless. And I know you're gonna be fearless in any role I give you. So if you join my team, uh, we'll put you on the, the, the path to success as long as you bring that quality to the table. And that was my first job, my first mentor, and that's how I got started. Wow, I I I, I love it when the uh, when the stories start off that strong. That's um that's absolutely fantastic. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pass over to Tegan for some more um some more questions around the past. Thanks, John, Nancy. Um, I mean, I feel particularly as women, we often look up to individuals a few steps ahead of us to inspire us on our our own journeys and our own careers. And you've touched on it there a little bit, but have there been any individuals that have particularly encouraged and inspired you in, in your career? Yeah, so the first one, of course, is like I said, my first real boss and mentor. Uh, I also, at that same job, I reported to a incredible woman the first time I had ever really had that kind of female role within a work environment. 
Uh, I had come from, from professional athletics. I came from rock climbing, very male dominated. Uh, I had role models within that world, but within my, my corporate uh, function, this woman really took me under her wing and guided me and taught me everything I know uh, early on. But I would say probably in terms of, of what I became, uh, it's my mother. My mother was my role model. My mother was a highly educated mathematician who said to me very early on, you don't need anything more than you've already been given in this world to make anything that you want to make of yourself. She did not believe in formal education. She did not believe in anything other than kind of your natural ability and, and really trying to become all that you can become as a human being, as a uh, contributor to the world. And that was her view. And uh, she really gave me an amazing amount of confidence to go down this path that I went down. Incredible. She sounds like the most inspirational woman. I mean, you've had a fantastic and, and distinguished career within the media industry. Is there a particular achievement that stands out as one that you've been most proud of? So I, I don't know if I'm going to answer this question exactly correctly, but right when you said, what are you most proud of? Uh, I immediately thought about this job, actually. So for me, I am most proud that I was hired into this position in this company. I'm most proud of the fact that I was able to stand up and, and speak to somebody like Andre Kudelski in a way that he, uh, that, that we were able to connect, that he would take a chance on somebody like me. Uh, this is a company that is a Swiss family-run business. Uh, I, I, um, my predecessor had been here for about 27 years. So I'm, I am incredibly proud of the fact that they took a chance on me, that I am bringing something so unique to the table that they are willing to look at that and say, that's what we want. I think I am most proud of that achievement. And I think that even going forward years from now, to me, this is a, a real achievement uh, for me. And, and, I, and I really truly believe that the company, it, it's amazing that they were willing to take that kind of a, of a step with a leader like myself. I mean, and I always feel that when one is is exploring a new opportunity, it, it's a two way thing. And they took a chance on you at the same breath. You took a chance on on them. What excited you about joining Nagra, which is a business that has a, a heavy media focus, but also contains that security angle? Yeah, so I, I think the thing that excited me the most actually is the organization itself. Uh, I came in in 2019. It was just before this whole COVID thing, but I was already yearning for a different kind of experience. I was yearning for a, a company that had more of this family environment, this 
long history that could take that long history and really turn it into something new and exciting. Uh, I also was very excited about kind of the core capabilities and really digging my digging in and understanding what could what what is something new that we can do with that those those technologies that actually have been around for quite a while now. How do we transition that? How do we move that into the future? So I had worked for these really big companies that I found at times could move very slowly. And I wanted to join an organization that I thought could really not only move fast, but really offer something personally that I hadn't been getting from my old roles or from the old organizations that I worked for. Sure. Well, I mean, Nancy, I, I could pick your brain for a long time on <laughs> on all of the things you've experienced, but it's been it's been good to get a flavour of your past. And I'm going to hand over for John to talk a little bit more about the present. Thank, thanks, Tegan. So the the question I'm kind of really keen to focus on was, uh, I guess, things over the last. 12, 13 months. It's been such a crazy time for everybody. Um, that I think there's some really interesting things that can be asked around that and, and kind of lessons learned. So the, the first question, I suppose, is, is as a leader, how have you had to adapt your style over the last yeah, sort of 12 months or so? Yeah, so uh, I would say these, these 12 months, uh, you know, it's been really tough. Uh, but incredibly helpful at the same time and really pushed us in a way that uh, we weren't necessarily super comfortable with in the beginning, uh, but it's really opened our eyes and opened our ability to manage in a different way. So I think one thing that we, we have been able to embrace over this last year is really looking at our staff, looking at the entire employee base and, and shifting away from these hierarchical structures and really empowering people across the entire organization uh, around decision-making, around execution, around what success even means. And I think that that is, is what has, has shifted for us in this organization. Uh, this is a company that for many, many years was very hierarchical, decision-making decision-making was done from the top down. But when COVID hit, and now all of a sudden you're, have to work, you're having to work in a completely different way, completely different environment. Now we have shifted into kind of these smaller teams all over the world. And all of those smaller teams are able to take on problems, resolve those problems and push them back into the organization, push those solutions back. So that's where I see uh, where we've changed, not only from a company perspective, but my own management style, I would say. And, and you, I mean, you touched on a couple of bits there, you know, I, I, and I think for all of us, despite the challenges that we've had, there are, there are undoubtedly positives to have been drawn from the situation that we can, that we can learn from and make us better. Um, you mentioned a few there. Do you think you could single out one as being, the most positive outcome uh, that, that, has, that has come out of things? The most positive outcome, I believe, out of this time period has been camaraderie, collaboration, and teamwork. Uh, again, I think that as we 
have had to deal with the situation and we are spread across, you know, 33 countries around the world, uh, you know, about 3,300 employees in all those different locations. And we are having to come together as these kind of mini teams almost to resolve immediate problems and deal with time zone issues and deal with things in real time. For me, what the, the best thing that's come out of this is this renewed sense of camaraderie, of team spirit, of collaboration. To me, that's the biggest uh, benefit that we have achieved over this time period or the biggest benefit from a very bad situation. Yes, indeed. Um, and, and again, you, you've, you've mentioned a couple of the aspects there. And my, my next question was really, how important has the culture of your team and the wider business been? You know, how important has that been for you over the last 12 months? It's hugely important. You know, I, I came to this company I knew a little bit about Negra Kudelski. I knew a little bit about Andre and the, and the history. Uh, but the reality is that what I actually got was far greater than I could have ever imagined. And it's actually that culture that has brought us through this time period. This is a company of people that are incredibly dedicated, hard workers. They've been here for a very long time. They are willing to jump in and do whatever it takes. And I am so lucky that I inherited this huge team of people with that kind of integrity and that kind of um, sense of family and ownership around what they do every day. So I think that, yeah, they, the, 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 that, that family spirit has really added so much uh, to our ability to get beyond uh, you know, just the lockdowns and, and things of that nature. Oh, fantastic. And, and and it's it's really wonderful to hear. And I, I think that moving forwards, I think that's going to be an even more common theme. I think companies who have a, a truly a winning culture and companies have found that out or not over this last 12 months, for sure. But I think those ones that that really have that type of winning culture um, will will undoubtedly be the ones that um, to thrive. So um, so th thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, don't worry. I was just going to say we're, we're going to um, we're going to move on to a couple of additional questions around the future. So uh, so passing back to Tegan. Well, thanks, John. Nancy, you've you've touched on it there. You know, we are an industry made up of individuals and us as a group of individuals and the industry, I, I feel, is pretty resilient, even though it's been tough for, for sections of the industry recently. Um, and we've spoken there about what the benefits have been, but with a slightly new forming landscape, what do you see as the greatest opportunities that are coming in, in the months and years ahead? So <clears throat> I, I think um, really from a technology and social aspect, uh, it, the, the greatest opportunities are, are typically driven by the, the biggest problems. And I think that our future, uh, is, there's some realities about that future. And I think one of the realities is that uh, technology has advanced to such a degree that everybody uh, basically trusts that technology can solve problems, right? We, we trust 
the technology that is being used to deliver things. But what we then don't trust is what gets done with that, not only the technology, but the services and the information and the data. So, you know, we're moving into this time period where, you know, fraud and illicit trade and and authentication and piracy and integrity and trust, all of these things are now opening up into bigger and bigger opportunities. So I feel like, uh, you know, I'm from a technology company. I, I run sales and marketing. I have to assume that my technology side of the business can solve problems. For me, opportunities are now arising from those areas of, of um, you know, how, how do we secure it? How do we, how do we make sure that what we are delivering is authentic, that uh, we can protect not only what we are delivering, but who we're delivering it to or who's it about. So to me, the opportunities are all around this big, massive area that is uh, or can be defined using some of those words like fraud, like authentic, uh, authentication, ownership, integrity, trust. And I think that's also a reason why I was so excited about joining this company is because I feel like we are right uh, right at the center of all of that. And we can really start offering the market some interesting things to combat that social reality. Yeah. And continuing along that trail of thought, what do you think the industry will need specifically from a security standpoint as we move forwards? Uh, I, I think the industry is going to really need uh, if I if I could if I could bundle it up into one word, it's going to need uh, to know that what they are getting is real. They need to know it's real, it's authentic. What they bought is what they get. It started in this world as one thing; it ended as something else. They need. The, the, the integrity of that chain. And that's what I think we can offer, not only the industry that we're in within our operator space, our digital television space, but I would say that across the board for the Kedelsky Group. Thank you, thank you so much. And one thing that I'd be really interested to, to hear your thoughts on, would be um, moving on to, to the subject of diversity. Um, I'd be fascinated to know what you think about this. Do you think that women need different things in a workplace to that of our male counterparts? I think everybody needs different things in their workplace. And I also think that's one of the, uh, one of the key things that's coming out of the COVID time. Uh, when people are working from home, and we hear this quite a bit, you know, it's it's not just that they want to work from home, it's that they have their environment that allows them to be supported in a way that they want to be supported. So that is a male, female, everybody requires something uh, slightly different and unique. And so for me, you know, the, the point of diversity 
isn't just diversity. It's really this, this notion of being truly intersectional, of being able to look at all of the different factions and say, what, what specifically do all of these groups, and then of course, within those groups, what do all of these individuals need and how can we best support that? So I, I actually think it goes beyond just a male-female thing. I think we all need something unique in our work environment. And we are only now beginning to scratch the surface of how do we, how do we accommodate that? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. I mean, I'd be fascinated to know as well, once we've made our teams more inclusive, and I think inclusivity is is the word there, be that um, in what you need in your workplace, at home or in the office. But once we've made our, our teams more inclusive, um, how do we how do we continue to do that and allow that to evolve? So I think the way we evolve it is we we set the end goal as being uh, completely change how we're looking at the problem. And so the if the end goal is that, I would hope, and I'm an optimist, that we could eventually not need to ask the question anymore or ask it in a completely different way. It should be so natural for everything we do to simply bring on people to solve problems, whatever that looks like, in whatever way they bring to the table then to solve that problem. It's the ultimate, not only in diversity, but also flexibility. It's also the ultimate in support. It's the ultimate in community. So that's how I, I see. I, I think we really need to place that end goal uh, very high, very lofty with this notion of, I want to get to the point where I don't actually even need to ask the question anymore because I'm looking at it in a completely different way. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And thank you so much for sharing your, your thoughts on that. What I would love to move on to, we, we've heard a little bit about you and, and your past history and, and the present and your thoughts on the future. Um, I would be fascinated after the little snippets you've shared from uh, rock climbing through to music from a month, uh, sorry, from a Friday night through to a Sunday, what would make up your kind of perfect weekend? Oh boy. My perfect weekend, if I could leave at a reasonable time on a Friday for a Monday, you know, I would, I would go for a hike and then I would go for a run and then I would go for a bike ride and then I would go for a swim. I would try and go to the mountains. I would try to go to the beach. Uh, so really my perfect weekend is about being outside. It's about elevating myself, elevating my mind, clearing my mind. Uh, being around the people that I, I love, having a great barbecue. For, for me, it is really about uh, complete relaxation in terms of my mind and my spirit and keeping my body incredibly active. You, uh, you, you touched on, um, <clears throat> on a whole array of um, Nancy and we um, and we were speaking about a few uh, before we came on air and so on 
Um, what's your favourite? If you could only choose one of those wonderful activities, what would it what would it be? I could only choose one. Oh, you're killing me. Um, oh boy, at this age, I would say if I could only choose one activity, it would be to barbecue with my friends. Be outside, barbecue with my friends. I, I, I'm... If I could choose a second activity, <laughs> it would be to hike to a very high mountain so I could see everything around me. With a barbecue. With the barbecue. Yeah. The barbecue. <laughs> the barbecue yeah. I love it. I'm currently in my um, in my garden office looking at my um, looking at my barbecue, which is my pride and joy. And I love nothing more than having people around for a barbecue. So uh, I can, it's, it is I can, honestly I one of my favorite things to do in this world. And ever since I got my green egg, I am a barbecue fanatic. So that they 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 do come highly recommended. I, I must say, I have I, I went for something slightly different, but I have I have coveted the green egg. So, and I have no stock also. in the company. <laughs> very good, very good. I, I love that. It's um it's really fantastic. So we're, we're going to move on now, Nancy, to our to our quick fire round um, yes. before we come on to our final question. So the quick fire round, um, it's just a series of questions. You've got to choose one answer or the other. Um, so we're going to kick off with uh, Netflix or Disney Plus? Netflix. Uh, foosball or ping pong? Ping pong. Uh, cake or donuts? Neither. <laughs> uh, romance novel or spy novel? Spy novel. Uh, drive or fly? Fly. Uh, do the cooking or do the dishes? Cooking. Uh, morning person or evening person? Morning. Uh, Mexico or Monte Carlo? Monte Carlo. <laughs> Hero or villain? Ooh, both, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I relate to the villain the most. I'm sorry. Is that a bad answer? <laughs> Love it. And always um, the most interesting, right? Always, always, always. Uh, and to finish your day, um, a crazy day or are you an organized day type of person? Crazy day. All right. Very good. Thank you so much for all of that. And um, passing back to Tegan for our final question, please. Uh, I totally understand getting to the end of the day and feeling it's been a crazy day. Um, we always ask ask our guests the same question at the end of every podcast. And that very simply is, what one piece of advice would you give to anybody entering this wonderful industry? Yeah, um, okay. So I think my, there's, there, yeah, I, I wish I had such a fantastic answer, but I, I think my, my, uh, my, what my mantra I would say, and so I would pass this on as advice to others, uh, is that you're probably never going to be the smartest person in the room. So strive to be the smartest worker, the smartest contributor, and know that really great things come from being part of a very smart team not so much the individual, but a bigger uh, team aspiration. That would be my advice. 
thank you very much and um, nancy thank you so much for joining us on the podcast it was uh, it was wonderful and we, we really appreciate you taking the time out thank you very much it was fantastic i really appreciate it and have a good day yeah thank you thank you for listening to our podcast if you enjoyed the show please do subscribe and give us a rating it really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by more people For more information about NUCO, we can be found at www.neuco-group.com. You've been listening to The Tech That Connects Us.